Ohio Police photographing our license plate. What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Welcome to the Reasonable Voices radio talk show. Uh, I'm extremely excited today. I know I'm always talking about what a wonderful guest I have or whatever, but this time it goes beyond anything I imagined just as short a time as a couple of weeks ago. This We arranged this interview just so, to put it in some sort of perspective chronologically prior to the Paris attacks. And, um, well, let me just say, let's jump right in. My guest today is the writer and director of the documentary Iraqi Odyssey, Samir. Samir, uh, how are you this afternoon? <laughs> uh, if, if you give me so, such much smooth, as they say, yes. <laughs> you made my day. Thank you very much, Orlando. Well, so well, nice to be with you. I'm looking forward to our, on our conversation. I feel good. I feel really good. I'm in New York now. Um, promoting the, the, the cinema start, uh, the release in, in, in the U.S. of yes. my film, and I, I feel well, honestly. Excellent. I, I just, let me give a few more details. I just wanted you to hear, Samir. Okay. Um, while there are no precise statistics, it is estimated that four to five million Iraqis live outside of Iraq today, Certainly, the Iraqi Odyssey, the documentary written and directed by Samir, touches on that, but it goes well beyond that. There is a a beautiful story with a lesson, but it's not heavy laden with a lesson. It tells you the story of a family, Samir's family, at least three generations. Uh, Samir, by the way, was born in the summer of 1951, if some of us can go back. Oh, and... oh you made me older. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. Oh. I'm 55. Oh. Uh, born. Oh, 1955. No, I'm, I'm Sorry. <laughs> but that was right in the middle of quite an upheaval in the Middle East, not because he was born in 1955, but he was born two months too early, by the way. And uh, do you still live in Switzerland, um, Samir? Yes, I'm still living in Switzerland. Yes. Um, Happily, and uh, it's a it's a nice little <laughs> nice little tiny land, <laughs> yeah. uh, which uh, um, uh, prevent all the stereotypes on it. Yes, 
Besides the stereotypes, there is also a multicultural society yes. where I belong to, and this one is really feeding me up. You know, I'm I'm really in, living in the middle of Zurich, in the middle of the old red light and Bohemia district, the yes. working class area, and I I feel well there, honest. I, you know, I'm so glad you're there. I visited Switzerland in the 20th century a few times and was always impressed with how it has survived and thrived and set an example, really, for the rest of us as a society, as a culture, as it reaches out in so many languages, if I recall. Um, yeah. It's French, English, Italian, uh, yeah. Swiss. And even Romance and German. Yes, yes. Romance is, by the way, a, a, a small tiny uh, part of the, the mountains, uh, the Alps, and they, they speak there an old Latin um, language, you know, from, yes. from the Romans. That's so, right. Um, I, I, ha I have there a house, and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's funnily enough, these people there up there, they are the, 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 the opposite of the, of the conservative mountaineers, because they were all uh, forced to emigrate, oh, and uh -huh. that's why it, they are very open-minded people there up there. You know, when I when I made my film and I had the premiere in Berlin yes. at the Berlinale, I went back, you know, to you know, to to to, to rest a little sure. bit. And the first thing what happened, I went over, you know, uh, in the it, it's really a peasant village. I I went to the small grocery store, and uh, the the farmers looked up at me so. So how was it? <laughs> uh, how was what? Are you premier in Berlin? Oh wow! I'm surprised that they knew <laughs> yeah. anything about it, you know. So just to give you an impression of these strange people. Yes. But as you know, we have also we had um, two weeks ago or three weeks ago an election, and uh, uh, thirty percent of the Swiss voters voted for the reactionary and, and xenophobia party. So uh, mm. this is also reality I have to face. But as I as as I told you, we we it, it's not only Switzerland. I believe we are living all everywhere in a globalized world, which yes. divides people into parties. The ones which enchant the, 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 the modern world and says, okay, we are all together living on one planet, yes. which I also try to show, you know, with the animation in my, in my film, yes. um, uh, with the globe, and, uh, you know, this is, it, it, it looks maybe like a stereotype, but we have to remind people all the time that we are living on such a tiny little yes. dot in a, a exactly. huge universe of coldness you know so we should care i mean not only about the ecology also but also about humans and and our being so mm. um I, I i really i'm really happy that i'm here now in the u.s and and i'm i'm trying to create this this uh, this op opinion which i i believe you with your italian name yes. <laughs> and also for it you know well you know samir i hope that you will will feel the love and, and the welcoming embrace from Americans because like Switzerland and other places, there are too many Americans now who are frightened. I, I understand. I mean, nobody can, cannot uh, fear the unknown. I get that. But, but you, shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't look at people only through the lens of a terrorist. Okay. Anyway, yeah. speaking of lens and look... Have you, have you, have you have seen 
mean, I, I would say like that um, in my film, everybody is asking me, so why your, your family which went through dictatorship, uh, uh, imprisonment, uh, the torture, all, all of that, and wh why they are still um, optimists? And I say, I, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> probably yes. because we belong, you know, there are two kinds of people, the half full glass and the half empty exactly. glass. Exactly. I'm assured we are the half the half full. And I'm with you. We we do, you know, I can tell from the moment uh, Samir got on the telephone with me, we both knew this was going to be and, uh, a great coming together as well as a conversation. But we do want to talk about his film as well. But it's not, It it. I don't think it's quite possible to speak about uh, Iraqi Odyssey, Samir's documentary film, without understanding the history and the politics and the family you know what any family goes through when put through these these kinds of situations but let me say some things about the film first of all the iraqi odyssey is um the official swiss entry for this year's is it the swiss academy awards or is the american academy no, awards it's, it's it's yours it's the american academy awards all, yeah for the american yeah. academy i for think the oscar i think I'm, that's I'm running for the oscar i know and, and you know, and, and I thought that when I first did some research, but then there was something in the notes that said, well, anyway, I want to say it again so we're all clear on this. Samir wrote and directed Iraqi Odyssey, which is the official Swiss entry for the best like foreign film in the American Oscar Awards, and I love it. Okay. Now, um... By the way, the film has been awarded the Best Asian Film Award already and NetPak Award in Abu Dhabi Film Festival yes. and the Panorama... Yeah, it was nominated several times for yes. the Swiss Film Prize. For this. Yes. I was also in the entry for the European Film Prize, blah, blah, yes. blah. But the most important thing to me is that people um, really went to the cinema to see it. In Switzerland, we were six weeks you know, at the documentary six weeks in March on the box office hit with only all American films. So it shows that uh, people are really interested yes. to go uh, to, to a movie, which is two and a half hour, out of curiosity, because they want to understand what happened to, to the world. Exactly. Why is this Iraq always in the headlines and in the news? And uh, it, it was a wonderful experience to see that, you know, all this kind of, you would call it here, WASP people yes. in Switzerland. We had always full house and they stayed two and a half hours and they were so curious and keen also to, to discuss later uh, what that means and what, what you know, I'm, I'm talking Talking a lot of the of the of the past yes. of, of my of my aunts and uncles of my father, which tried to to lead Iraq together with all of other people of the middle class into modernity, which means you know equality, freedom of speech, uh, social awareness, all all, all that stuff they, yes. they were fighting for, and in a way they failed. And uh, I had to do this film because they are now old and I, I was afraid that nobody would tell their story, even if they failed in a way, you know, politically. Mm. But somebody has to inherit uh, this, 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 their story and to yes. tell it to the next generation. So it, it worked and I'm very happy with that. And, and I'm, I'm happy to say too, to, uh, to claim for a lot of people like your audiences in Switzerland, uh, here in America, there are a lot of, and I do believe we still outnumber, of half 
full glass people. And we want to know the big question, which I think your your film, uh, Iraqi Odyssey, answers, and that is, how did we come to this? We are, as you say, we're a global world, we're a global economy, we're global climate change, we're a village, you know, and this is a riveting, timely documentary. You had to uh, go find family members, as you say, all over the world, uh, Auckland, yeah. Moscow, Paris, London, Buffalo, New York. Yeah, it's true. It was uh, it was not only um, for me a personal journey into you know uh, uh, a strange world. You know, creating a network of my family through a film was of course a, a strange experience because we we are since the social media and since the migration of all of almost of the family yes. we have now. A, stronger bond and relationship than before you know i was yes. always joking when i went to new zealand or to london or wherever that we lived so close together in baghdad and we didn't know anything about know. each other <laughs> <laughs> now, we, maybe we know our, our, because of twitter and, and facebook and, and the emails even much maybe too much from each other <laughs> yes. you know it's true i have a wonderful friend who's a um, great broadway choreographer and uh, we both worked in New York, hardly ever saw each other. We both lived yeah. in Florida and hardly, and very close to each other, and hardly saw each other. But now, now that we are not living close together, we see each other more. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> anyway, but to because I know we're going to go on and on. This will probably take more than one interview. You'll have to come back on. But this is all about the, the grand opening in America. Friday, November 27th. Yes. And in we, New York. In New York in, City. Uh, in, and then and LA. In LA. In New York, it will be at the IFC. Yes. Week on Friday. Yes. I will be in New York uh, on my, uh, even uh, um, for a Q&A available at okay. the cinema. And in LA, it will be at the Lamle uh, at the Music Hall in Beverly Hills. Yes. So uh, this, is, this is the official, but then we will go on and uh, going through the whole continent. I mean, the whole... Exactly. Um, it will be released nationwide. Yes. 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 Excellent. And, um, of course, I'm looking forward. Um, and if... If somebody wants really to be uh, azure, um, <laughs> he should uh, look at um, our Facebook site, which is um, Iraqi Odyssey in the U.S., okay. or on on the on the website, which we have specially created for the film. And this is also a, a part of the project, you know, when I, uh, w w which will be on www.iraqiodyssey.com. At that website, we have not only the trailer, we have not only, you know, photos of my family and the film, but also we have created a kind of the history of Iraq related to the actions and to the private events of my family. And we invite all the Iraqis abroad and also in the country also a timeline of their families on this website we have created for a lot amount of money um this kind of you know uh, possibility that you can like in facebook put your pictures or your films or you comment or you make hints uh without uh, being on you know on a second platform you can do that all, all on iraqiodc.com and the idea behind it is 
to recreate the history yes. of the Iraqi middle class of the 50s, 60s, 70s, and to, you know, to come back to the idea that um, the Arab world is also going into the modernity. And, and this story was really cut off by the dictatorship and nowadays by the religious fanatics, you know? Yes. So, uh, to me, this, this project is as, as important as the film itself. So, mm. we will work on, on that. So, just visit this website and you'll know even more about Iraqi Odyssey. <laughs> Excellent. Iraqi Odyssey. Now, you know, we're still besieged by uh, documentaries about World War II, but most Americans yeah. don't know uh, or, or see a lot on their television anyway about the Ottoman Empire or World War One or yeah. what, if, at best, uh, what, you know, NASA and what happened. But yeah. there was a revolution in the area, and the reason for the, as, as with any revolution, as with Americans' revolution, it was against a colonial power, by the way, yeah. the same yeah. colonial power. <laughs> And 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 uh, I believe in 1958, the Iraqi king and uh, family that were sort of placed there by the colonial power were also uh, assassinated. Now, how? I mean, I just wonder as we go from there. As I said earlier, how did we get here? Is really what I believe your film is about. It's told through the life of your family, generations, three generations, but it really is the life of. Any any family in the Middle East, any middle uh, any middle class family in the world, yes. I believe. Yes. And and it, was, uh, go ahead. I, I just just give a, you know, a small anecdote. I showed it uh, all over the world, and every every uh, family from the Middle East, even Iranians, yes. came along and said, "This is our story." Yes. This is our story. So at the end, I started to say, "Okay." Uh, I do not have a family anymore. I gave it away to everyone. Yes, yes <laughs> it's true. And by the way, everyone, uh, the reason that um, uh, Samir is saying even Iranians is because in the 80s, the, uh, yeah. Iran and Iraq, we may have forgotten, but that was a major war uh, between yeah. those two yeah. countries. It's been, I, I, again, I write about if we only understood the Middle East better, we would not be blanketing everyone who is, is trying to escape tyranny. We're all trying to escape tyranny, for heaven's sake. Okay, but we must talk about the movie. <laughs> if we, you and I, uh, Iraqi Odyssey. Okay, what made you decide to make this journey of making Iraqi Odyssey? I mean, and what impact? I think we probably already said that, but that's it. What impact do you hope Iraqi Odyssey will have? You know, as a filmmaker, um, you're always driven by, uh, let's say, uh, obsession. Mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, I, I really love uh, history. I really love telling stories. And I knew someday I should tell the story of my family. Yes. So when I made my last documentary uh, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, mm -hmm. about the Iraqi Jews in Israel, yes. I had the... the that was the film called Forget Baghdad, which was also quite a successful film. Um, funnily enough, in Israel and in the Arab countries and also in the diaspora. Mm -hmm. So uh, 
I had already first experience. And with these people, I found, you know, former Iraqi Jews, which are now living in, 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 in Israel. Uh-huh. And I asked them about their past in Iraq. And I, I you know, I, I, I was speaking with them in Arabic. And that huh? was a, a, a totally, uh, uh, you know, a, a very strange situation because mm. I was in so-called enemy land, you know. Yes. And when the Israelis saw that her, one of their famous bestseller authors uh, speaking the enemy language, uh, they, in the first place, refused to show the film. And the Arabs was the same. They said, oh, these are Jews, they are belong to Israel, so they, why they are talking Arabic? And oh, by the way, hey, they are talking Iraqi dialect, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it, I knew I have to tell the story of this lost generation, you know, the yes. genera- we, because these people are, are the same like my uncles, my aunts, my, my, my father. It, it, I, I knew I have to tell their story again from, from, a, from a different angle. Yes. And after that film, I, ha- I knew that I have to tell the story of my family in a way to honor these people because mm. they were the ones which were trying to lead the Arab societies into the modernity as we believe with universal values, you know, yes. uh, like uh, like uh, human rights, mm. equality between men and women, yes. uh, uh, social awareness, all, all, all that stuff which we always in the West believe that this is only, you know, belonging to the West, yes. which is not true. These people fight it, they failed in a way, and I wanted to, to tell their story again. Also for the young generation in the Middle East to let them understand that they were not alone in 2011. Exactly. There were already people before them were fighting, it will go on. The, the change, you know, of society to, to a better, it's a long fight, we know that. Tell me, you, uh, and, and we need to go to a break soon, but just quickly, uh, your grandfather broke with a lot of traditions and, in, and allowed, indeed encouraged, all of his daughters yeah. to not only go to college, but to go to the theater yeah. and the cinema, yes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, oh, you have seen the film well, you watched it well. Oh, <laughs> yes. Um, I have to tell you, the story of my grandfather surprised me a lot. Mm. I knew, of course, about his character because I knew him as a person, as a child. Mm-hmm. And later on, I knew that he's a, a open-minded... But I had to even overcome my own stereotypes, you know? Mm. Growing up growing up in, in the West, I thought my grandfather has ma- ha- have must re- read, you know, the the Western philosopher to become to his opinion. Mm-hmm. When I went to Negev, the holy city of the Shiite, in, 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 which is totally religious and really heavy, yes. I figured out that at that time, in the 20s, when my grandfather was studying there, there were no translations of all these books I believed have to seen in his library, like Rousseau, Voltaire, mm-hmm. Kant, you know, all that stuff. Yes. And the people told me that, that at that time nothing was translated into Arab. So it means mm. it means that he, he came became to a liberal person through his religious studies. Exactly. And me as an atheist and a non really religious person, what well, that was the really uh, most astonishing part of my research to find out that my grandfather became a liberal due his philosophical religious studies. 
So I was really surprised. And that was a wonderful opening, you know, to yes. understand that, you know, we are always talking, uh, everybody says, yeah, each religion has his bad part and his good part, you know, and yeah, you can take from the Quran, kill that one or the, or you, you take from the Quran, uh, peace to everyone. And you can find that in the Bible, yes. everything, you know, in the Torah, whatever. Yes. But, you know, confronted in, in, in this in this uh, in this surrounding, you saw the images. I mean, it was incredible. Very heavy religious. I was yes. sitting with Ayatollahs together and talking about my grandfather. That was a kind of really wonderful experience. Not uh, that I became <laughs> religious, but the wonderful uh, uh, part to understand that my grandfather become liberal through his religious studies. Yes, That's really. Uh, I wonder, no? <laughs> through, through his self-education, and I would argue also that religion should be where we find a brotherly love, where we find a belief yeah. in yeah. sharing and yeah. giving. But we are yeah. going to have to take a break. We will be right back. Stay with us, please. I'm speaking to Samir, who is the writer and director of the um, Iraqi Odyssey, which has been submitted by Switzerland to the American Academy to be considered for an Oscar. We love it. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. The opening frames of Kisses are presented in bleak shades of gray. The sounds are desolate and the language floatedly foul. All the characters appear beaten down by the harsh world into which they were born. Yet surprisingly, this Irish fairy tale is also full of magical whimsy as well as indie grit. Yes, both. Kisses tells of two pre-adolescent children, each reared in abusive lower-class homes. When Dylan challenges Da for slugging his ma, Da sets out to kill him, and a helpless ma can only tell him to run. Run, Dylan does, together with Kylie, the girl next door and his best friend, into the gritty streets of Dublin, Ireland. Vowing never to return, they make their way through the city as color finds its way into the frame. There is danger aplenty for these vulnerable waifs, but magic just might keep it at bay. They run in roller shoes that light up the night with sparkles of color. Their friendship is their shield, and the musical aura of Bob Dylan is their powerful cloak. In the end, the fanciful clashes with reality. Color may once again drain from their world, but the magic will remain in our hearts as we pine for the future of Kylie and Dylan. Kisses, not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Welcome back to my conversation with the writer-director of Iraqi Odysseys. And Samir, thank you for staying with us. We are so excited about this. It's just great. Now, we were talking a bit while we were off the air about some of the technical challenges of making Iraqi Odyssey. Can you share some of that with us? Oh, yeah. Um, I can tell, you know, if you, if you go to dig in history and you go to the archives and, and, and you, you're really looking after, you know, new material and uh, searching uh, a different point of view of images on, on a country like uh, Iraq, which was colonized by the English, 
So it, 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 you can imagine that you will find a lot also spread all over the world. I went to Moscow. I went to even to the uh, Library of Congress in mm -hmm. Washington. They have beautiful stuff, photos and and films. Yes. Or to the Imperial War Museum in in in, in uh, England. And of course, each of them they have a kind of archive in different materials. Yes. So I had. And, and from my own side, from my from my family, I had a huge amount of photos. Some of them were already digitized. Mm -hmm. Some of them were, you know, in the, in uh, only on negatives. I found even Super 8 material, two different materials, eight millimeter and Super 8. So and and of course all the VHS stuff from the 80s. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I I had an incredible amount of material to uh, to overcome in a way, you know. Yes. I mean the, the, everything had to in, integrate it into that film, and that uh, we, we needed almost. One and a half year only for the finishing of the film, mm. uh, technically, you know, uh, to to um, make it ready for the cinema release. So it it was a quite uh, in, it was really a, a work which I have never done in 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 such a in such a, a amount of of quantity. That mm -hmm. was really incredible. Yes, we should mention it is a feature length uh, documentary. Uh, two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Because uh, I, I tried to cut it down, but it it, it was really impossible. Um, I have I have made it a TV version uh, of ninety minutes, but uh, the, the, the ninety minute version is is uh, has a big lack of the past. Yes. All the stories of my grandfather yes. and you know the heritage of the family will be not in it, and that's a pity because then you just. You know, you you see a family popping up in the fifties, being modern. Uh, the 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 women not well. They are studying. Uh, the the uncles uh, are all handsome young uh, Western clothes mm -hmm. uh, people, and you don't know. You don't know how, how they got happened, there. You know? Yes, yeah. exactly. So so, uh, so I prefer to show the people the long version, and I can assure you that the audience all over the world told me they forgot that they have watched two and a half oh, hours. Oh, yes. You lose track yeah. of the time. You have no idea of the time. I watched it, and I just thought, oh, my God. And I, and not only that, I was sorry when it ended. But tell me, <laughs> <laughs> tell us, how, how did you uh, in, in reconnect? I don't just mean physically the journey, but that too. How did you reconnect to your family to make this, and how did they react to uh, to the request? <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. You, <laughs> we both yeah, have we families, you like know. Every family, you know. <laughs> I'm laughing because yes. I think, okay, now everybody thinks, God, should I really do a film about my family? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it, this <laughs> is, you know, this, we are not so special like other families. So that that was the first. Um, thing to overcome to convince them that they should take part of the film. Yes. But um, as I have told you, I have done twelve years ago a movie about uh, also a documentary about the Iraqi Jews, yes. about the Iraqi Jews in Israel. Forget back that was the title. And uh, you know, until that film, uh, my family all knew that that I'm a filmmaker, but. Mm -hmm. You, you, you have seen them. They are well-educated. Well yes. They love to laugh. Yes. They love to go to the cinema. They love to listen to music. They are all singing all the songs. Yes. <laughs> but that someone of the family of doctors and engineers become an artist, mm. and even worse, 
a filmmaker. A filmmaker. That was, you know, it is a go, no go, you know? Yes. So, in a way, they were always uh, very nice with me, but I always felt that, in, you know, that they had kind of tag, a, a neon tag on their, uh, on their yes. head, <laughs> writing it. <laughs> He is a filmmaker. Yes. He is not serious. <laughs> Filmmakers are working together with half-naked women. Oh. He is not serious. <laughs> you know, I, I've just accelerated. You know? So when they saw then, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, forget back that, about the Iraqi Jews. Yes. From then on, I was a kind of serious yes, filmmaker. Exactly. You know? Good for you. And then? They started, they started send me their photos, their old letters, oh. their documents, without telling me. You know, just send it. Yeah. So when I asked them back, so, hey guys, why why are you sending me that? I said, yeah, you know, <laughs> our kids, they are not really interested. I mean, you, and you, you, you are curious, you are <laughs> a filmmaker. <laughs> so, in a way, you see, I was, I was, I, I had to, 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 to uh, pull them, and at the same time, me, you know, yes. so it's a, it was an interesting uh, process, and I believe it worked also well because we started to exchange over the social media more and more uh, closely, and uh, we knew much more of each other. So they started really to watch uh, all the stuff I put on the social media, mm -hmm. and, and I felt that they they started to respect me much more. In the other hand, I had of course the same problem as in. A, each family. Some cousins started to envy me, which were before my closest friends. Mm. They denied to be them part of the film. One uncle, which I I, I, <laughs> I present also in the film, refused at the end to be part of the film. Oh. And uh, even though he, he would be much more of the really interesting, I mean, he, he, he should got his own movie because his story, when he when he escaped to, to France and then he went, you know, uh, he studied at the Sorbonne, first sociology, oh, wow. then right, and then he was Arabic professor in, in Orléans and he was a member, you know, of an activist group in the May 68. Mm, you know, anytime mm -hmm. I visited him, he told me, oh, Oh yeah, the, the, the oh yeah, you 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 have heard about the problem of Strauss Kahn in the in the in the international uh, bank. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was sitting with him when he, when he was in '67. He always sat beside me and yeah. we discussed things. So he he knows everyone, you know. Yes. And everybody. He was writing also for Le Monde and Liberation. So he would be an interesting part. But he he refused to be um, oh. in in the movie. So I. Um, I couldn't take him. Uh, so, yeah. so you see, it, it was it was a real difficult process. Yes. Um, and I had to make like you know usually I'm doing more fiction films in my life. I have done more fiction films than documentary. Mm -hmm. But in a way, you have also to choose your protagonist. And I had in a way to also to do a kind of cast, yes. you know, to find the the most humorful, the 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 warm one. The, you know Jamal, the Iron Man. Every, yes. every protagonist has in my film also kind a role role to fulfill, and so it creates a kind of uh, a team of a family and a keep. You know, yeah. so uh, that was an interesting process also to do. 
I, I can imagine as I watched, and, and of course there's a good deal of that in the film that explains that, you know, those who were open to it, like your Aunt Samira and, and those who weren't, yeah. but I, I can also relate to that my um, family in general, not so much my mother, but, but family in general, uh, aunts and uncles, when I wanted to go into the arts, they all thought I was crazy until they saw me on, and uh, until they saw me on national television, and that was the first time they stopped saying, "When are you going to get a real job?" <laughs> I, I hope they pay you well. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, in your film, you reference a film I watched as a kid on television, a 1950, the 1954 American film. Starring Kirk Douglas, and yes, everyone, that's the father of Mike Douglas. Uh, Kirk Douglas' uh, film, which was uh, sort of loosely based on, as Hollywood did in those days, Homer's epic uh, poem, Odyssey. What did you want us to get out of that connection, or why did you make the connection in Iraqi Odyssey? I, I, you know, I used all over the film a lot of relation to history of cinema because mm-hmm. I believe cinema is really uh, like a Greek saga of, of, of the modern yes. times you yes. know? we are telling an endless story which which it, it's not ending yet you know yes. the, the story of cinema it's going on and it tells the story of humankind and that's why I wanted to have it also as part of the film that's yes. why I'm showing all the time excerpts and clips from other films mm-hmm. which are related to the storytelling of my family yes and you might have noticed I have in a way also used music the Arab music yes to um, explain through the, tu- the tones of the music how the music also went into a process of modernization mm. you know when you at the uh, you know when you enter when my fa- when I'm telling the story of my father listening on the carpet in the sleepless nights, yes. the songs of Um Kulthum. If you see the, the, the these excerpts from the from 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 her um, concert, you you are surprised how big the orchestra is, how how different all the the the, the amount of different instruments are, mm-hmm. and if you remember then the the story uh, which I tell. My grandfather, where do you hear a very, very old, old, old Iraqi song where they just used uh, a kamanja and a, a, a kind of violin and an eye, a kind of flute mm-hmm. and the human uh, and the human song. So you, you see that the development of the music also was part of the modernization of the society. Yes, and that they used. Uh, foreign instruments to create a new way of Arab music. So the the songs in the film, as well as the clips in the film, are a reference to the you know the the, the creation of a of a modern storytelling of the modern people of today. Excellent, absolutely. I see that. Yes. You know, I, I watched the film on my laptop, so I couldn't see I couldn't see the effect of the three D. But I understand it is shot in three D. Why did yes. you do that? Yes, it was not 
entirely shot in 3D. Okay. I, I really would prefer to, to say my film is a stereoscopic film. Yeah. Why? Because the 3D, usually people uh, understand, you know, like in the action films, that uh, everything was just a replication of the reality, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, got catching the things in front of the camera. Yes. But I have done another uh, 3D film. In my film, I'm using a lot of layers. Yes. It's like you would sit in the cinema and in front of you, the chapters are, you know, in front of your eye. And behind this animated Arab writings and uh, yes. Latin description of the chapters, you see behind my family members talking mm -hmm. and that was the only thing which i shot really in 3d ah, because okay. i wanted to have them as body you know a, a, a body which is a body which is in front of you and you you see like a vis-a-vis -vis, you know yes. in front of you someone which is like you you know so and it's not flat and especially because when i understood that they are using um, a lot, you know, the, the body language and the gestures and the mimics in a very expressive way, it, 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 it led me to, to, to really do this, let's say, oral history of my protagonist in mm -hmm. a 3D picture. Mm -hmm. This one I have cut out on a green screen and put into the dark. Uh -huh. So behind my protagonist, you see the archive material, the photos and everything. Yes. So as, as as more back you go, and more you fantasize about their past or you, you project on them, or as, as much you see in the back, you know, the excerpts from archive films or photos and so on. Yes. So it, 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 in the cinema, it's, it's very beautiful. It's like you sit in an orchestra, you know, you, you, in, a, in, a, in a concert hall. You, 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 you are surrounded by sound and you feel the sound in uh, in in really um, surrounding you, as the word it says, you yes. know, and and it's the same in the cinema with the three D. You are in the middle of a space. Yes. It's a dark space, but in this dark space are like stars or planets. <laughs> I use also that because you see the globe, you know, yes. uh, the world. You see it in the dark as 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 uh, yeah as. Uh, as, as materialized, you know, in mm -hmm. 3D, and that that was a beauty to do. But the, I, I, I don't know. Until yet, I have not seen anyone doing these methods. But it, it it looked obviously to me that I have to do it. You know, obvious. Excellent choice. I I wonder. Uh, there are a couple of more points I know, and I do want to give the websites and the Facebook and all of that again at the end before we go. But. I know we've spoken of the global world today and the economy and climate change, and, and I did mention that uh, we had set uh, this interview before the Paris attacks. Uh, I, I want to mention a couple of things. I think one of the things I love most about Iraqi Odyssey is that it, it corrects what we in the West, uh, especially in America, as far as... Uh, get in, in in on our through media even social media but but television yeah. film whatever of the middle east of iraq um and yeah these stereotypes exactly the time, yeah. and this corrects that and and does it in a way that says here look at my family and i for uh -huh. one as an italian american i, I yeah. it was like being at home so there there's this <laughs> but but i do want for a moment please tell us 
define for us, I mean, I know what it means, and I'm sure our audience does too, but define for for your from your family POV, what is living in diaspora? Because people need to understand the humanity in that word. Yeah, you know, I didn't want it to make a propaganda film, but of course I, were, I was aware that people will be curious to see so how are there these Iraqis, you yes. know? So uh, let's say if, if somebody has really stereotypes about channels and, and deserts, he, he would be astonished how much water exists in Iraq, you yes. know, in all pictures. I even used it as a leitmotiv in, in, the, in the sound um, yes. editing, you know? So um, I, I, I was really aware that people should understand that our family is a good example that uh, of, of a modern globalized family in a, in a sense that we are still belonging to our homeland, but we are perfectly integrated in each society. Yes. Russia or or New Zealand, Switzerland or or America. We we, we are we representing in a way the modern way of living. Yes. Which means. We are aware of the regional problems where mm-hmm. we stick into, but in the same time, we are also aware about all the people we came from. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is no contradiction. We are not living more anymore in these times when you went to exile and you went for good. Mm. You, you didn't, you know, you broke everything, you know, when you went from Italy to the U.S. Yes. It was forever, you know, in a way. But yes. Even though, I mean, uh, the Italians had strong ties because mm. uh, they were able also, uh, because of the modern technology in the U.S., also to be always in contact with with, with their forefathers in in in, the, in their heritage country. Yes. But now it's it's for everyone the same, you know. Exactly. You, you can be in in Buffalo like my like my sister, yes. and uh, knowing everything what's going on in Iraq. And, and they know all about you, where you live. So this is the beauty uh, of our times, that we are, we are really living in a global village. Yes, and, and as such, I hope part of the message of today's interview uh, in, in the wake of the Paris attacks be that we need open borders. We in America need yes. to honor what the Statue of Liberty promised, Uh, because we are all immigrants, unless we were Native Americans in the, you know. So I welcome the film and wish it all the best. And you, Samir, for so many reasons and on so many levels, it is a beautifully made film. Uh, But it is also a a human a kind story it it's about humanity it is it is a family that is every family but anyway before we run out of time thank you so much for being on the show but give us again the face page uh and and your website etc is really interested about you know the the newest dates and and important events yes. should uh, look at facebook um, on iraqi odyssey uh, in the us and everyone which is wants really go deeper into the history of iraq and of my family and the storytelling of the film he should go on iraqi odyssey.com 
Excellent. Uh, he will find the trailer and more material, photos, archives, and beautiful stuff to discover. Thank you. And remember, this is the official entry of Switzerland for our American Academy Awards for the Oscar. So, and and uh, and New York, we have a, a premiere on the twenty seventh, Friday, November twenty seventh, and in LA as well. Yes. Um, and and in an LA, and I think we've um, well, I think we've covered all we can in the time we have. There's lots more that you and I could talk about. <laughs> Thank you so much, Orlando. It was such a pleasure to to talk with you. And in in and, and it, the pleasure is mine as well. Thank you so much, Samir, for being on the Reasonable Voices Radio Talk Show. Wishing you all the best, and uh, and I hope we will definitely talk again soon. Okay. Let's hope. Uh, Let's hope. Bye now. Thank you very much. Thank bye. you. Stay with us as we'll be right back with a final comment from the Reasonable Voice. And now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. The best stories are the ones that take us outside of ourselves, where, upon return to reality, something has changed. Tarsem Singh's 2006 adventure fantasy, The Fall, transports us to 1920s California, to a sanatorium where ice is delivered by truck and X-ray technicians wear suits of armor. Here, two convalescing characters form an unlikely bond. Alexandria, a little girl who broke her arm working in the orange groves, and Roy, a heartbroken stuntman, played by the ever-charming Lee Pace. Roy begins to tell Alexandria an epic tale of five extraordinary heroes who have been wronged by the villain Odious and now seek revenge. Along with Alexandria, we visualize a majestic world where heroes swim with elephants and trees instantaneously catch fire. However, it soon becomes apparent that Roy's own broken life is seeping into the world of the story, and that what he truly seeks is not a happy ending, but rather the vial of morphine in the medicine closet. Bringing us back to the early days of film, The Fall reminds us not only why we tell stories, but also why we listen to them. Saturated with visually stunning scenes, it rivals the best of our imaginations, offering a little bit of something for everyone. The Fall, not in theaters, discovery through rental. Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard around the world. The last time I saw Paris. Having learned from the mistakes of shock and awe, is it not possible that President Obama has chosen the strategy of applying military air power when needed to eliminate specific targets, intelligence to allies, and training to Syria's regional neighbors? These are parallel and simultaneous short- and long-term strategies that seem to make two things clear. Barack Obama is a reluctant warrior, reluctant to put troops in harm's way, yet he's better than most at waging war. Perhaps media talking heads and their military analysts need view 2015 extremists in the Middle East as more desirous of an ISIS Ottoman Empire imitation and less likely to follow Pentagon rules of engagement. Attacks of any kind from any extremist, foreign or domestic, ISIS or Ann Coulter, Putin or Cheney, trumps our reason, common sense, 
and character. Just as using religion or a political power grab as justification for terminating another's point of view is the lowest form of humanity. Following a street gang turf war model, somehow expecting a different counter from the enemy is ultimately a self-defeating strategy. The truly strong are powerful enough to say, enough. Like family feuds and personal political attacks, we have allowed an unnecessary war with a preempted attack on a country that had nothing to do with 9-11 to prelude us, if not into World War III, than a global acceptance of good kill. However, this is not a worthy revolutionary war for our independence, not an understandable civil war to preserve our union and free it from slavery, not a necessary World War II to save humanity from a maniacal master-race mindset. But it is a multi-sided, conniving set of egos filling their receptive war chests with multinational, maimed, brain-damaged, and dead. Understandably, in the wake of the murders in Paris, few of us can hear our inner love for peace and respect for reason nudging us toward anger management and away from the oil profiteers that got us into global war as easily as global warming. However, we need summon our cooler heads with a global view that can both accept a limited strike while the iron is hot but also pause to assess and internalize the new global reality. Like climate change, ISIS is a global truth we can't afford to deny or ignore, for it is a formidable 21st century Internet-savvy enemy. However, it is neither invincible nor without something to lose, and that is its Achilles' heel. Nonetheless, evil is not a man we can kill or acts of violence we can bomb out of existence. Evil is an idea at war with the ideas of united cultures working together for the good of all life on earth. Evil manipulates an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth into global conflict between an imbalance of interests, values, and beliefs. The only winning strategy is providing a foundation of global balance through international cooperation. As we counter the profanity of Freedom Fries by joining our French allies and friends in mourning the loss of life in Paris, let us also consider what connects all on earth to this tragedy. The history of invasions and enslavement of indigenous people, the robber barons and the we built that crowd. Remember the Maine and the Great White Fleet, Archduke Franz Ferdinand's assassination by a Bosnian Serb nationalist, the sinking of the Lusitania and the attack on Pearl Harbor, the Bush-Cheney preemptive strike and then invasion in Iraq, the nationalism of a few exploiting the heroic patriotism of far too many, the ambition of politicians and the greed of corporatism. And finally, the rape of Earth's natural resources. On September 12, 2001, I drove to Gettysburg, both journey and destination filled with tears for murdered Americans. Now in 2015, we truly are an out-of-many-one village, with every act, kind or evil, having global ramifications. We are indeed at war.
short-term strategy, limiting the proliferation of evil in the world, knowing it will take more than prayers, lip service, and bombs. Long-term strategy, realizing the greatest gift we can give is peace, and replacing the evil in ourselves with kindness. Join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Thank you. Thank you for continuing to listen to, support, and share the Reasonable Voice Blog Talk Radio with family and friends, especially online. We enjoy hearing from you, and in response, yes, we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors. So please do continue to email us at thereasonablevoice at gmail.com. However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the donate button found at the top of the homepage of the Reasonable Voice. Website. Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world.